Hi guys, it's Armani here, back with another episode of A Peace of Mind. This episode, I will be discussing accountability, especially as it pertains to sexual abuse and assault in the black community. So, let's get into it. So, sexual abuse is a topic I've been wanting to discuss for quite some time now. I know that it is a particularly complex, hard Um, subject to talk about especially in the black community but I wouldn't even say that it's hard it's the matter of it being omitted completely it's a topic that is overwhelmingly swept under the rug now for this um, podcast I'm going to be talking from the perspective of a black girl black woman I know that there is sexual abuse that happens to black men as well But that has not been my experience, but I do not wish to disregard that. That is very much something that happens, and that is very much something that that should be discussed. But for this specific um, topic, it's going to be coming from the premise of being a black woman and being a black girl in the black community and experiencing sexual abuse and assault witnessing sexual abuse and assault and just hearing about it it's kind of like a taboo subject and it shouldn't be but for a lot of girls not all but for a lot of black girls it is and sadly it is the rites of passage to womanhood i know for me growing up i was not consciously because I may have been unconsciously but I was not consciously exposed to people who had experienced sexual assault who had who had been sexually abused or molested but I had always you know witnessed it on tv but because the degree of the degree of separation was so vast I couldn't really connect to it And so I kind of did have this disregard for sexual abuse because it didn't affect me. And I didn't have a personal stake in it, nor did I really understand the magnitude of sexual abuse. Sex in general was not something, you know... Especially for young black girls, it's not something that you discuss. It's a very taboo subject. You know, I know for me personally, I was not taught anything about sex. I learned about sex through my peers. And that lack of being... I wouldn't say coax, but that lack of being prepared for, you know, the world, prepared for middle and high school, I wasn't prepared for the world that was awaiting for me. And it really felt like my peers raised me Um, because these subjects that should have been discussed at home should have prepared a child. You know, before they were set loose into the world, 
so it, it, it didn't happen. And so I didn't have that comfortability or knowledge of sex. I didn't have that comfortability or knowledge of even my own identity. And because of that, I was just, I really felt like I was just blowing in the wind. And it was something that I had to learn by myself. I know for me, you know, growing up as a black girl, I would consciously wear baggy clothes. I would consciously listen to rap music. I would consciously masquerade as a tomboy because at the time, I thought it was, you know, me trying to fit in because there were way more boys in my family than men, especially growing up. I grew up with six brothers and only one sister at the time, but my younger sister came later. But I had, you know, I I grew up with brothers and uncles and male cousins. So I would make the conscious decision to act as a tomboy. And it took me years later, you know, to go to therapy to to witness that, to not to witness, to have a revelation that I was consciously doing that because somewhere along the way I had picked up on the sexual abuse, the molestation the, that had been occurring in my family, in my family line for a long time. But I can't pinpoint, I don't know if it's a repressed emotion or what, but that is where I picked up on that conscious act of acting as a tomboy because I did not want to appear too feminine. I did not want to attract, quote-unquote attract, the, the, the male figures in my family. Because if I did that, I would appear to be, you know, acting grown or womanish. Or things that a, a lot of black family members ascribe to a young black girl for simply being a child. For simply not knowing. Because there's a whole lot of omission. There's no transparency in the dialogue a lot of the times with children and adults, and particularly in regards to taboo subjects as sex with young black girls and the adults in the black community. And that exactly right there is where the error occurs. The fact that a young black girl who because of her biology, she is made responsible for the way her body develops and matures. And because her body develops and matures in this way, she's made responsible for how grown men perceive her. And then she's ascribed the title of being too grown and womanish because her body develops and matures faster than other ethnic groups. 
yet the accountability is never redirected to the person who should be held accountable in any situation a grown man but see that is that that is a topic that a lot of people aren't ready to discuss and i know my topic is about holding black men accountable but there's two holding black women accountable because there's a lot of times where it is the black mothers you know the black grandmothers the aunties who are telling these young black girls you know you can't wear this and that you're trying to act grown you're being womanish men are going to look at you a certain way go change your clothes Yet there's never an open dialogue as to why this young girl is being held responsible for why is she being made to carry the burden of a grown man, of a grown boy. All the responsibility is placed on the young black girl. With the fact that she doesn't, there's not even this dialogue with teaching her about sex. So she is made to just understand this world, not even understanding her body, her identity. Yet she is made to carry the weight of all of this, all of the burdens of other people. Their perversions, their sexual repressions. Or projections that they're trying to project on her. And it is it is utterly disgusting. And it, it irritates me and it makes it gets under my skin knowing that still a young black girl is held responsible for what happens to her, for how men look at her, for not knowing about sex or sexual awareness. To be made to feel bad because her body matures and develops. And it's, as I was saying, you know, just that lack of protection in the family structure that leaves the young black girl so vulnerable. That leaves black women, you know, vulnerable. Because they have been conditioned. Or they have grown up in an environment where men were never held accountable. That the women that were supposed to protect them never held these men accountable. You know, for me personally, it wasn't until literally two years ago that I finally found out, you know, the history of molestation and sexual abuse and assault in my family. And the scary part is 
it was family members raping and sexually abusing other family members. Just, and it, it most, it is overwhelmingly, you know, when a woman experiences sexual abuse or is molested, raped, it is most often someone she knows. And in, you know, the black community, it is often the most trusted family members. But as it goes back, you know, me going back to accountability, this molestation and the sexual abuse and assault happens, yet no one is made accountable and these people are still, you know, allowed to exist within a family structure as if nothing ever happened. And so a lot of young girls grow up carrying, you know, this trauma into into their adulthood and it's so repressed that they are unable to deal with it and they pass that on to their children and that is when that generational cycle starts with that trauma that sexual trauma but is it, it is the the matter of it not being discussed. Young girls not being made aware that, you know, this particular male family member did this and he's allowed to be around this young black girl. But she is made to be, you know, responsible for what happens to her body when she doesn't even understand her own body because no one sits down and talks to her because there's a whole lot of omission. And so, you know, that was my intentional persona I had to put on. I had to consciously, you know, act as a tomboy around male family members. Not knowing, not realizing that it was a defense mechanism not knowing about the sexual abuse, the molestation that had occurred between, you know, that had happened where the black males in my family were the perpetrators and the black women in my family were the victims, but no one talked about it. But I wasn't even as self-aware as I am now. I would say I was, though, because it's like I wouldn't have developed that sense, that self-defense, that defense mechanism had I not known what was going on around me. No one talked about it, but I felt it. I felt it, but I could not understand it, but I knew I had to protect my body. I had to protect, you know, what I was putting out into the world. I had to protect how I was perceived within this family structure, but I did not know why. I could not rationalize why. I just knew I consciously did it. And I didn't realize why I had been doing it until I was sexually abused by my uncle.
And it wasn't until I went to therapy that I had this unconscious fear of being sexually assaulted or molested. Not knowing it had happened to the women in my family, but knew something was off. And that I was protecting my body from something. I just didn't I didn't know what until it had happened to me. And sexual sexual abuse and molestation was no longer you know this vast degree of separation from me it closed in and i now had a personal stake in it i understood it and i finally understood the issue i understood that this what this this had happened to women in my family and they lived with it and hadn't told a soul. But when I found out that this had happened to all the women in my family and they just had moved on with their lives, I knew that couldn't be my story and I knew that I was not going to carry the burden of someone else's actions. And you know, just, you know, even still after attempting to discuss, you know, what had happened to me and for a lot of women who have experienced, who have been molested and who have been sexually abused and assaulted for them to even feel like they have a safe a safe space within the family structure is folly is a mistake on them for a lot of us and i attempted that and i didn't expect to receive you know what I had received. It was disappointing. And it was hurtful. And to know that I had been in a relationship at the time and had disclosed this, you know, experience with the person I was with and they didn't feel the magnitude of it. So just having, you know, these, all of these male figures, this family with all of these men and boys and to be made feel like there is no one protecting you. It's the most hurtful feeling in the world. And I know that feeling and a lot of young girls and women know that feeling of you know, you just feeling like no one is protecting you. And the person who has did that to you is being protected. It's crazy. There is this safeguarding within the black community of black men because of the black man's placement in this country that all stems from patriarchy.
and the residual effects of that, you know, with police brutality, with the, you know, family structure, mass incarceration, all of these things that possess the black man in a state of alienation between him and his body. There is a complex the black man retains, both passively and actively, that he may or may not understand. And so that trauma, I do believe, is why there is this conscious need to protect the black man's body. But there is this toxic masculine dilemma in that protection. So much so that our children, you know, even like I said, black boys too, and black young girls who are being left vulnerable. So there's this protection of the black man at the expense of girls and women, with children and black women. So after this had occurred, you know, you know, like when you get a new car and you start seeing your car everywhere because you have that car. After I was sexually assaulted, there was just just this floodgate of women I I was encountering. Stories I was hearing about black women being sexually assaulted and molested, raped, abused. And the manner in which it was talked about, it was so casual. It was so casual because no one made it sound as egregious as it really was, as insidious, as horrid as it really was. Because it's like there was this unspoken knowledge that they won't be held accountable anyway. The children and the black woman's voices will not be heard. Because the black man must be protected by any means necessary within the black community. And this has conditioned the mind to feel as, you know, either you internalize another person burdened, which is just not this this sexual abuse, this molestation, this rape, this sexual assault is not the victim's burden to carry. Yet they are felt and made to think that they have to carry it within them. Because it seems that there is no safe space to talk about this issue. And you know, for me, after just hearing all of these girls and all of these women's story, and no one being held accountable, it, fr- it frustrated me. It, it frustrated me more because... My uncle who had sexually assaulted me was not held accountable, but was safeguarded and protected by my family.
my relatives. I don't even consider that family, but my relatives. And so, it is, it is the matter of, you know, your voice not being heard. And for, you know, me and having these encounters with these young women and these girls who had experienced this. I just knew this could not be the narrative any longer. This has to be something that needs to be discussed. Girls and women who have went through it. You know, I know people talk about it at their own space because people experience trauma differently. And to each its own. But I definitely encourage therapy. And I encourage therapy for not only, you know, people who have experienced sexual abuse and molestation and assault. But just period. You know, especially in the black community, there is generational trauma. And there is trauma experience directly, ancestral trauma, all of that compacted into your one body. Not to mention you're still dealing with the current social ills of, you know, white society. That has to be released. No sane person can deal with all of that on their own. So I definitely encourage, you know, therapy. I definitely encourage, you know, therapy at a young age. It's not to say that you're crazy, but you literally need someone to talk to. Because you should not be made to bear the burden of someone else's actions. And we, as black people, collectively have been made to carry the white man's burden. And no more. That that general that generational curse has to be broken. It will be broken. I know for me, I have broken that. And that will no longer be the story, the narrative of my descendants. But there needs to be open dialogue between children and adults in the black community. Children need to be need to feel that they are safe. They need to feel that they are able to understand their body, to understand sex when they come of age. Their rite of passage should not be abused. Or the compartmentalization of their body. The robbery of their body. They should consciously be aware of their body. Know their body. Know their identity. Society should not be made to raise. And erect any black child's identity. That has to start from home. So that they are able, they will have the tools to dispel the societal pressures and social ills that will plague them as a young black child in this country, in this world. 
So there needs to be that open dialogue for young girls, especially. There needs to be more loving. I watched this um, documentary about, you know, black women raising their daughters and loving their sons. I know um, the person who was talking, his last name is Confuju. But I will definitely... um, Guys, I'm horrible at referencing things sometimes if it's not literature. (laughs) But I know he was discussing this conspiracy to kill the young black boy. I think that's the name of the book and also the name of the um, discussion he posted on YouTube. Very old. It was like in the 70s, the late 70s or early 80s. But I say that to say that there needs to be more loving of daughters going on. More safeguarding of daughters going on. Because all of that, you know, that identity formation, that self-awareness, that I, that consciousness starts from youth, from birth. And you have to put all that love into a child so they, they, they know who they are and they don't need other people to tell them who they are. There needs to be accountability and transparency. If there is trauma, generational trauma, that family members or their relatives are aware of, that needs to be discussed. Some people may not be willing to share their stories, but they should be made aware of the men who have committed this. Or sometimes they may even be women. They need to be aware of these relatives who have these ill intentions so that they are able to maneuver around this family structure consciously knowing what is going on so there needs that there is a need of that transparency and there is a need of accountability when molestation and rape and sexual abuse and assault happens that person the perpetrator needs to be held accountable period there should be no more safeguarding of this person who attempted to take the body away from that child or that young adult. You know, just as vulnerable as the black body is to the society, it can be vulnerable in the family structure, a place where their love is supposed to be, their body is supposed to be nurtured and, and loved and coaxed. But now the the robbery is twofold. It's coming from within and without. And it shouldn't be like that. And you know, I encourage you to tell, you know, your story. I always, you know, now say, you know, you tell it on your own time. And of course, you can't rush people or make them feel like they need to tell their story. But I feel like a lot of women don't tell it, you know, Sometimes they're not ready or oftentimes they don't feel like their voice will be heard. I think if more women and men, you know, who are sexually abused 
come forth and tell their story, it will be much, it will be portrayed as the issue that it really is. It's not something that should be swept under the rug. It's not something that people should make to be feel like, oh, their story doesn't matter. It matters. And your story can help someone. It can help someone, you know, realize the strength in telling their story. And how freeing it is to tell your story. Because it can help, you know, another young black girl have the courage to tell hers. And break free of that trauma. Let go of that burden that is not rightfully hers. And you know, some people do feel like, especially men, you know, disclosing this information to men and women too, that if you are not penetrated in a sexual assault, it is not considered rape. It is not considered, you know, it, what it is, sexual assault and rape. But if someone places their hand on you in private places and it's not consensual, it's rape, it's sexual assault, you call it what it is. If someone is made to make you feel like you have no control over your body. You have no say-so over what's going on. And things are just happening to you. You call it what it is. And I feel like that's why a lot of women, too, don't talk about it and share their stories. Because they feel like, because they were not penetrated, everything else is okay. Even though it wasn't consensual. It's not okay. No one should ever be allowed to put their hands on your body inappropriately in private places, in any place, if it's not consensual. You are infringing on the personhood of someone, and that is never okay. Um, but yeah, guys, this was a really um deep topic but it definitely needed to be discussed um you know if you know anyone who has been you know raped molested sexually abused or assaulted you know talk to them encourage them to talk to someone you know if they're not comfortable talking to you or if you're not comfortable talking to you know relatives or family members talk to someone i encourage therapy 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 i encourage it and, you know, just choosing the therapist is also important, too. Because there are a lot of factors coming to play in that. You choose someone who resonates with you. Because that is important. Don't have, you know, your child just talking to anyone. You know, be aware of what you're, expo- what you're inviting into your space and your energy field. And inviting into your child's space and energy field. But guys, um, I hope you enjoyed me giving you pieces of my mind. 
in hopes of giving you a peace of mind. And thanks for listening.